We're back with another episode of the Inspiring Women in CX podcast, a series usually dedicated to real talk conversations between women in customer experience and technology. This series, we're putting some of our awesome allies in the hot seat too. No longer rehashing the same old conversations. In series seven, you can expect us to challenge the status quo on CX topics, provocative discourse, and naturally plenty of healthy debate. I'll be your host, Clan Basket, and in today's episode, I'll be talking to one seriously inspiring lady from right here in the UK. She's a lived experience speaker, well-being workshop facilitator, and poet who helps organizations with their inclusion and well-being strategies by speaking about intersectionality, authenticity, and allyship. Recognized as one of Stonewall's Black History Month role models in 2018, and shortlisted for a positive LGBT Role Model National Diversity Award in 2020, let me introduce you to today's inspiring guest, Andrina Leanne. Hi, Andrina. Hi. Hi, how are you? T- hello, hello. How are you today? I'm doing very well, thank you. I'm in a very upbeat mood. That's perfect for a podcast. So welcome. It's great to have you here and welcome to all the listeners, wherever you are listening or watching in the world. Um, so we're going to dive straight in here and ask the same question that I asked to all of our guests that come onto the podcast. And that is, how exactly did you find your way to working with women in CX community? Yeah, that's such an interesting journey for me. <laughs> women in CX. Yeah, so we're probably going to talk about my self-employment journey but you know as part of my self-employment journey I spend a lot of time networking so I find networking events on Eventbrite I search Eventbrite looking for different networking opportunities and I came across there was a women in CX networking event and it looked really interesting oh yeah International Women's Day wasn't it (laughs) International Women's Day so I turned up to this place. It was really nice. Everyone was really welcoming and um, got a name badge. I remember the name badge had like a... Ribbons. uh, Ribbon. (laughs) Yeah, it was really nice. It was just such a welcoming space. And like, I met you. You're so friendly as well. And I was there listening and taking part and all of that. And... (laughs) I remember saying to somebody in the break, I was like, um, can you just quickly tell me what does CX stand for? <laughs> I don't know what does CX stand for? And they, they said customer experience. And I was like, oh, yeah, great. This is fantastic. So the penny dropped as to where I am, what I'm doing, who I'm networking with, and the this wonderful community that you've created. And I remember there was also a presentation on um diversity and inclusion yeah there's a canter within a dash yeah (laughs) yeah and then I just thought this is so interesting so I just really settled in because I'm I'm so random like that like I I focus on like the goal isn't it so my goal was to go to somewhere that looks interesting to network with people to meet new people and then these people might connect me to other people that Mm. might result in something so mm. that's the kind of like method to my madness. So I didn't really dig too deep about examining what women in CX is <laughs> um, before I actually went. Just took a chance. Actually, took a chance. It looked interesting. Mm. And look at where we are today. You know, we've mm. been on a journey together. 
mm-hmm. since since March. So, you know, everything works out for a reason and you know, people connect with each other. If we're if we're I've found that if if I'm on this journey of like, you know, helping people and serving the community and being present and all of that. I'm finding that I'm meeting those types of people everywhere I go. So whether it's women in CX or, you know, whether it's women in tech or mm-hmm. women in women of Interbank, you know, all of, <laughs> of these um, networking opportunities that I've found that I've gone to. Because the thing is, when I talk about diversity and inclusion, it's very like across all sectors, isn't it? So. Mm however I turn up to a networking event for lawyers we still need to talk about diversity and inclusion so that's why I wasn't so like hung up on finding out what CX is until I actually got there um (laughs) but I think that's so true isn't it and then you and I got to hang out afterwards because we said hey let's have a zoom after we chatted briefly at the networking you told me about what you're doing I thought oh I think the community would really love to hear more from you and you ended up doing that awesome webinar talking about intersectionality didn't you do you want to tell the listeners a little bit more about what intersectionality is and what the webinar discussed for the workshop (laughs) yeah so intersectionality is a term that was coined by a law professor in America called Kimberly Crenshaw in 1989 you know fantastic black woman Kimberly Crenshaw and she she explains intersectionality as the interconnected nature of one's identity so one person can have various intersections to their identity so for me I'm black that's my race I'm a woman that's my gender I'm a lesbian that's my sexuality I'm 42 that's my age I'm working class I've got a mental health condition. So all of these intersections of my identity, like, are part of who I am. Mm -hmm. And when we look at intersectionality, so I would experience homophobia differently to a white lesbian because of my race. Mm -hmm. I would experience racism differently to a black man because of my gender. And the way that I talk about this intersectionality conversation within the workplace is just to let people know that people are just not one dimensional. We all have multiple intersections to our identities. And if we can create environments at work where people feel like they belong and they feel welcome and they feel appreciated and celebrated and stuff, then they're more likely to show all parts of their, the intersections of their identity in the workplace Mm. because some of the intersections that I've even mentioned about myself some of them are more visible than others Mm -hmm. you know so I'm out as a lesbian now and I have been this way for quite some time but there were times within the, the workplace where I wasn't out I didn't want people to know about my my sexuality or sexual orientation or whatever I mean I would avoid those questions where I would out myself at work and stuff like that. So it was really challenging. So now that now that I'm fully 
see my authentic self when I show all of the intersections of my identity, like I know how impactful that has been to me. So when I go around to all these organizations, mainly corporate ones, talking to all of their staff on their lunch and learn or a fireside chat, that kind of thing, showing my presentation, I talk about intersectionality from a lived experience perspective. So my own lived experience. I don't claim to be a diversity and inclusion expert or anything. I'm an expert by my own experience. Mm -hmm. So when I go to all of these networking events and stuff, like I go as myself, I bring all my intersections and yeah, so far so good. I love that. Yeah. (laughs) And I I just remember that light of I think authenticity comes with like a light around somebody in a energetic sense and I was just like I feel this from you and I want to know more so yeah I think like standing in your own authentic presentation of all of your intersectional identities like it definitely um was something that made me want to hear more and um, I'm sure we'll talk more about how our listeners can embrace their full selves too but um, I think the word intersectionality for me is like super important for women in CX um, or women's communities or gendered communities that um, I'm an intersectional feminist. I think that we have a role to play to ensure that um, there are different kinds of feminism that can actually be quite toxic, aren't there? I don't know if you've experienced that, um, but I know like kind of like that like white woman sorority style communities exist where women empower um collect together and it isn't embracing women who don't represent exactly what they're like and um I was just really determined with women in CX that it was going to be a space where women could embrace the full identities as women but also that others would be open to embracing others in their full authenticity too um I don't know if you have any thoughts on intersectional feminism or different kinds of feminism or how DEI (laughs) I don't know all that just sounded like another language to me to be fair oh gosh Um, (laughs) I didn't mean to do that I was like (laughs) Um, I don't know like no I hear you because I hear you because there are like you see me, yeah, I talk about inclusion in all aspects. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter where you're from, like we can all have different opinions and lived experiences and all get along and all work together to create a kind of an inclusive world. So all of this like different types of fem- feminism and different type of like shouldn't we shouldn't we just all be like going towards the same goal? without having all of this separation and all of this division and I think think that's what intersectional feminism was the most interesting one for me because it was the most inclusive version like (laughs) I think I think we're we're talking about wanting the same thing maybe I just labeled um yeah use the word feminism in there (laughs) because because think because I suppose like gender is one identity isn't it right and I suppose as a woman my own recognition that I'm a white straight presenting woman who 
has not got the lived experience of others who have different intersections with their gen- their gender, but wanting to create a space for women where they feel safe to present however they are <laughs> and to be included. That's a that's a big massive you know thumbs up on women in CX because the the attitude that you have to inclusion and embracing everybody ripples through and is felt I felt it anyway when I came to your networking event that is very inclusive there were all different women there um there was like that sense of like like we we are all women we all belong we all have a voice like we all we're there isn't it mm-hmm. we're there to enhance customer experience and everybody mm-hmm. is welcome to share their their voice mm-hmm. in that space that you've created so and I guess it's it's like that because of the ethos and values that you have so because you're the leader of it like and that's what you believe that's what is then uh, experienced and felt by the people who attend yeah so it's just a shared set of values now isn't it so that's the prerequisite for joining do you believe in collaboration authenticity <laughs> courageousness inclusion and audacity and if the answer is yes and you're the right person for us but if the answer to any of those things is no then don't come because you're not going to like it oh <laughs> um, but I think I think for me as well though the intersectionality thing was also that recognition as you pointed out like I don't know what it feels like to be in a different body like I know in the customer experience space we talk a lot about empathy and I don't think anyone can truly have empathy to understand different identities if you don't have that identity I don't know what it would be like to be a man I can't imagine walking around in a guy's body it sounds like it'd be really fun (laughs) but I would never actually genuinely you know be able to empathize with what it's like to not have 100% of your value placed on like how you look or um for you to be sexualized or not to be sexualized in the same way like um so for me that part of the community was also like amplifying the voices of more diverse women so that they could share their lived experience and help people to understand that where those intersections are and the biases experienced you might experience life so differently if you um I think you you explained it really well and I loved how you explained it in the webinar you're um a woman you're black you're a lesbian and you have a mental health condition like the um the thing that we share is our gender and mental health but I'm not black or a lesbian therefore I would not know what it was like to live your life or to have your lived experience and that's why it's so important we hand the mic over to other people to be able to share their lived experience right and to hear and to be open to hearing from what others have to say anyway I feel like I'm I'm getting a bit off topic here no you are it's all the same topic it really is this conversation is really important because yes we do we do need people to share their lived experience but we can also see the way that society is structured and the way things are and that if we look outside of ourselves, whatever to see whatever privilege we have, we need to look outside of ourselves to see who's 
who's losing out like who's mm. not benefiting mm. from certain mm. things in society like who mm. what's happening outside of our own life like mm. you know that's what these conversations are about like because if we if we don't um experience certain things like sometimes it doesn't really apply to us like for example let me think of an example so an example okay so when my friend broke her foot let's talk about that right okay so I live in London London is very (laughs) difficult to navigate yeah with you (laughs) difficult to navigate on foot yeah? yeah but you know I've got both legs and I'm very active and I'm up and down off off the tube up and down sometimes I choose the stairs sometimes I choose the escalator like I just maneuver and do my bits going to different places and stuff and when Rachel broke her foot and she was on crutches for a while and then she was on in a wheelchair actually she was ended up in a wheelchair I had to push her around London Mm -hmm. and that's when I discovered how difficult London yeah. is for wheelchair users yeah. it never really occurred to me because it wasn't my lived something, experience exactly yeah something you'd not experienced um but it's like you'd have to only go to certain stations that have accessible platforms right and lifts you get your choice reduced massively about what you can do and we were waiting for an uber and the uber driver came was ready like to pick us up saw me standing there saw her in the water he drove he turned around and drove off wow. like he he just blatantly just couldn't be bothered to you know he just wanted to just get an easy job I don't know what mm. his thought pattern was but that was the booking because you know you see the registration number and stuff mm. so he approached us and then went without even saying anything I think he saw the wheelchair and just couldn't be bothered um (laughs) and like it's just bizarre it's really bizarre like how how people have to navigate life with their different intersections and Mm -hmm. how they've how they have to yeah like the struggles that people just don't even have a clue or just take for granted their own mm. privilege mm. like um i recorded another episode which by now will have already been out been out uh, with this wonderful guy who talking about um so I was going to say that again because my mic just tripped out. I recorded a podcast earlier today, which by the time this episode airs will have already been out. Um, and he's wonderful. He's like a total ally. Like he came to Women in CX conference and he spoke um, to a room full of women. And he said to me, like, I didn't see gender. I didn't see color. I didn't see, you know, any of these things. And I was like, but that's probably because you don't feel <laughs> anything about being the only man stood in a room full of women however when I'm the only woman stood in a room full of men or a meeting that's just purely male I do feel different and I do feel other and he was like wow actually yeah that's true because his lived experience is just being accepted everywhere as a white straight middle-aged white guy right (laughs) and those intersections you talked about like the power structures that exist or how society's constructed 
to serve different groups of people better and he'd never really thought of that because he he it wasn't within his own lived experience and I thought it was fascinating but the more I think all of us can get out of our own perspective and hear from and see diverse voices talking about their lived experience not that we'll ever have empathy for but we can absolutely have compassion passion and appreciation for I think I think you said it either today or in the previous webinar that you've done is that sense of shared responsibility to help make things better for others who experience more challenges than you and I again that's one of the reasons I was hoping um the community could be a great place to do that for women um, what do you think of that yeah, I, think, <laughs> I think a lot about that I think I, I think when it's very um it's very hard to hear when people say I don't see color or I don't see this or I don't see that mm. because it's it's very uh dismissive of of the people who are experiencing mm. those things it's like mm. yeah <laughs> I don't know but it's, that's, the, that, that's the only thing I can think is that you just haven't ever felt that therefore you don't see it <laughs> whatever it but just is just because you don't see it it doesn't mean it doesn't it doesn't exist, exist. Mm -hmm. yeah so that's it like look outside of your own self look outside of your own privilege look outside of your own world view to see what others are going through and then we can actually all work together for a kinder and more inclusive society where mm -hmm. the actual even the wealth distribution mm -hmm. of things can be more leveled out. You know, I'm mindful that I don't want 10 pairs of trainers when I know people ain't got none. Like, I'll have what I need. I have what I need rather than excessive amounts of things because I know what I need. But we're in a society that is very much about me, I and mine. This is mine. I want to amass all of this stuff. <laughs> and it's like, what is the point in all of that? Like, what's the point in amassing all of this stuff when there is just so many people that don't have much? Yeah, I hear you. And I guess, like, now, more than ever, we, we both live in the UK london area i don't know but it just seems to be this massive shift right now particularly because of the politicians anti-trans anti um woke i hate that word anti-woke like you know, this like backlash against the middle and left right now where it feels a bit like what's happening in america is like coming to the uk politicians who are standing against like people I don't know, immigrate immigrants, <laughs> for example, with like Suella Braverman, who got sacked this morning for people listening in the future. Um, like just standing there saying we're going to be hard on crime, hard on um she, she was saying like being homeless is a lifestyle choice. Like it's oh just crazy. God. And the thing is that it's really dangerous where, where people have platforms and privilege. <laughs> yeah, where people can actually cause mass destruction with their words mm. like you know because like okay so 
these people in power who are talking very derogatory about trans people and the trans community and all of that that's feeding into the wider mm-hmm. society to to fire up hate when you know they should be more mindful about what platform they have and the messages that they're spreading because it's causing so much problems mm-hmm. but it's so, always for politi- political personal gain isn't it so like someone saying something that ignites a group of let's say right-wing people to be like that's my politician because she stands for what I stand for um but with position power authority and platform to cause havoc it's scary it's scary it's scary times but when we look back at history like we've always had scary times Mm -hmm. and we've always had to just weather the storm and get through it and then we get through it and change happens and then we go around again where there's more destruction and then but but there's always going to be I always have to be hopeful and mindful that Mm -hmm. there are more people that are out here for good than there are people out here to cause destruction like that's how I have to keep telling myself like I don't I don't try to um think that the world is a bad place and everybody's bad and everything's really bad right now I try and like live in a more optimistic way yeah and I guess even more important why groups such as ours need to come together um, to stand behind those forces for good and be those forces for good whilst the times are becoming more scary um with so much difficult rhetoric out there but we could talk about this all day and i'm sure the listeners want to know allyship that's why more people to like band together and stand with the trans community stand with different communities who are experiencing hatred oppression Mm. Oppression. yeah we need that we need that unity Mm. we need that allyship but yeah we could talk about this for ages (laughs) because it is really interesting it is and it's really important as well and now for a quick word from one of our sponsors we are proud to be supported by Kantar the world's leading evidence-based insight and consulting company Kantar CX helps clients define customer and employee experience strategies better understand their customers via measurement and in turn improve business outcomes driving true commercial ROI to find out more about Kantar CX practice, please visit the sponsor links on the homepage of womenincx.community. Now back to the episode. Um, but I suppose the reason you came on this podcast was because um, we really wanted to hear more about your story, like your journey and how you've arrived at being the woman that you are today, who is a advocate for inclusion and equality and you know spends her time helping organizations to hear these messages through lived experience how did you get here <laughs> oh, oh what a long journey man 42 you don't get to 42 without having some bumps in the road along the way no, yeah. no. Well, we see, start with your career journey first, and then maybe we can talk about some of the challenges and barriers you've overcome to get where you are today. It's been a long road. Where did you I... start your career? 
Oh, my, when I say career, I never really had a career, to be fair. I left school with zero qualifications. Yeah, I left school in 1997 with nothing, nothing to my name. I, I didn't spend much time in school because I, I, I'm a survivor of trauma. And that trauma has plagued my life for most of my life so far. Mm-hmm. And I, I wasn't in the mindset to focus on school because uh, mm-hmm. I had other issues. I was more interested in smoking and drinking vodka and whatnot uh, <laughs> at a young age. And um, yeah, so I would say my career started. I've always been a hard worker, though. Mm been resourceful and I've always been like like I've always been like rafter <laughs> yeah I've always been ambitious I've always been like resourceful like people call me Del girl because I like selling stuff yeah like you know like <laughs> Del boy yeah they call me Love Del that. girl and um yeah so I when I left school I think, what was my first job? I worked in Ikea. Mm. Yeah, so my customer experience and customer journey actually started from Ikea days because people always tell me, like, how come you can speak to everybody? And, like, because regardless of where people come from, all walks of life or whatever, because I've worked in retail, Mm. like, I've got that customer experience built in me. It's, like, part Mm. of Customer service, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that customer service has made me it's really helped me and then from customer service um and retail I went into admin because I I had my daughter a week before my 21st birthday and you know when you're young and you've got a young child and you've got no family and no support like it's really hard to leave your child with someone to go and work weekends because I was at college and I was working weekends and then when I had my child I couldn't work in retail anymore because the hours just weren't suitable because and because of my trauma I didn't want to leave my child with anyone because I didn't want them Mm. at risk of being abused or anything like that so I ended up working in admin um in the nhs so i i was my next door neighbor at the time where i was living when i had renee my i was talking to my next door neighbor about the challenges of of working and having a child and and she said to me oh why don't you work in retail you know join this agency uh not retail uh, admin and she said join this agency and you can work in the NHS or whatever so that's how my journey in the NHS started when I was about 23 years old 24 because Renee was about three or something at the time when I started working in the NHS and but I realized that even working in the NHS like that customer service experience that I had had from working in retail has really helped me because from the porters to the consultants like I can have a conversation with anybody Mm. put anyone on any hierarchy or anything like that I see people as people I talk to anyone 
and it's really helped me even in my business today. So from admin, I worked in admin for about eight years or so, and then I quit smoking. I quit smoking cigarettes and then decided that if I could, if I could quit smoking, then gosh, anyone can. Because remember, I told you I started smoking at 13 and um, I quit smoking when I was 28. So when I quit smoking at 28, I thought, oh, my gosh, like I can actually control. Like. I can control things like I'm in control, I can do hard things like I quit smoking, like if if you had known me as a smoker, I always had a cigarette hanging out of my mouth. But I'm not proud to say, but I smoked throughout my pregnancy and all sorts that like, I often like with Renee because she, she was born without any wisdom teeth and I, I <laughs> without she was born without any any space for the wisdom teeth like no even when she goes for a, uh, a dental scan when on the x-ray there's no wisdom teeth even I haven't she, got any either though and my mum didn't smoke so <laughs> I, oh I often joke about and I say so it's because I have smoked through my pregnancy Renee you know if you ever have children that don't do that you know <laughs> Um, I was so, I was joking, say that means like I know I never actually you know get develop the wisdom either. But <laughs> well, I I looked into it the other day actually, and apparently um, because like we're not in caveman times anymore, and we don't need to eat the way we do or whatever. Mm. Like we've evolved as human beings to not actually need wisdom teeth anymore because we're Great. biting down on hard things. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> look, you've learned something new today, your listeners. Um, (laughs) so after quitting smoking I decided I wanted to help people to quit smoking Mm -hmm. and because I was in admin at the time I was actually working for the dental service and a lot of the dental patients who needed teeth removed they they were smokers you know they had a lot of dental problem largely because of their heavy addicted smoking so what I did was set up a referral pathway between the dental service and the stop smoking team to be able to increase the number of people going through the service and basically created a job for myself so that's how I left the NHS um uh, like I went from a band two to a band seven in the NHS which is quite a massive pay increase um because a job I started volunteering with that stop smoking service and a job uh, job share opportunity came with the specialist stop smoking advisor at the time. A job opportunity came up because she wanted to go and do counselling or study to be a therapist or something. So we shared a job. So we split the band seven job. So, And that's how I got on that band seven journey. And so fast forward to now so December 2019 I was made redundant because you know I spent 10 years in smoking cessation and in 10 years lots have happened in that time Mm -hmm. in terms of public health England looking at smoking and all of that on on that agenda so smoking prevalence was high when I started into that work Mm -hmm. and and now it's low you know there's not well it's rising now because we're in 2023 we've had a pandemic and people are taking up smoking but usually it's young people that are not taking up smoking yeah you did yourself out of a job (laughs) 
in, in a good way. <laughs> well, I was so good in my job. I helped so many people to quit smoking. I had such good retention rates. You know, people would see me a late, year later and say, they're still not smoking. And I felt really proud of yeah. that journey. I felt really, really proud. But I also Saved felt... Saved people's very, lives, probably. Yeah, massively. And I felt very rejected by the NHS having been made redundant because it's like it was like a personal rejection it was it wasn't personal I know redundancy is not personal but it feels like it hard it was really hard and it was December 2019 and we went into that pandemic in March 2020 so actually looking back it was actually a blessing that I was made redundant because I've been able to uh, get to where I am now where I now work for myself I'm fully self-employed you know I'm on this journey and I've been able to use lots of my interpersonal skills however not interpersonal skills what's the relationship what's the building probably isn't it <laughs> uh, no what's when you when you um transferable skills yeah transferable skills. Use, yeah from all my previous employment and stuff like that I've been able to use these transferable skills in what I do now Mm. And and you're an entrepreneur by nature, I think, creating all those opportunities for yourself from being dull girl to creating a new pathway that got you to ban seven on behalf yeah. of providing a service that people actually needed. Clearly, yeah. like you were destined for <laughs> entrepreneurial I'm things. At, I'm good at seeing opportunities and actually like making moves to make like, it happen. I'm not afraid to take risks. Mm. Not afraid to take risks. And I'm not afraid to try new things but because I'm because I'm a trier you know I was talking to my partner the other day and she said you know what Drina because she calls me Drina she said you know what you have got the blessing of trauma she said this is going to sound really weird but you've got the blessing of trauma and I was like what (laughs) how is trauma a blessing like what do you mean by that and she said because you the way that you maneuver through life is that you're always trying like you're always moving forward like you don't get stuck in a particular rut because you're you're always like what's the next thing let's move forward what let's do this what's happening like you're always you're always like coming up with ideas and you're always pushing forward because you have the blessing of trauma she said that the trauma that I've been through has kind of really impacted me in the way that I I live my life mm. in survival mode mm. sort of thing. So I still need to unpack that stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, was it, it was only a few days ago that we had that conversation. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt your listening, but I just wanted to take a moment to tell you a little bit more about Wix. We're the world's first online membership community for women in customer experience. Our mission is clear, and that's to unleash the power of women to lead the future of human-centered business. Working in CX can feel lonely at times. We're often single-handedly trying to change the way organizations think and behave about customers. On our paid platform, you can discover a vibrant tribe of fellow female professionals, find support from knowledgeable peers, learn best practices from experts and practitioners and be inspired to up your game through leading edge CX and EX thinking. If you feel like you aren't making enough progress with your CX objectives or unsure about what your next move looks like or struggling to achieve your career ambitions, you're not alone. 
To learn more about membership, see how women are progressing personally and professionally with the support of the number one community in CX, you can apply to join us today by visiting www.womenincx.community forward slash membership. I really hope I get to see you there soon. Bye. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit more about the trauma and how that shaped you to become who you are today? Like, okay, do you want to only feel comfortable there, obviously? Yeah, well, I've written about it in my poetry book, Chard. Oh, yeah, being seen on the screen yeah. now for anyone who's listening. <laughs> um, a survivor speaks her truth to inspire. So writing has really helped me to express how I feel. And I've written about my childhood abuse and stuff like that. So it's not, not like, it's not a secret anymore or anything like that. Like, I'm fully, like fully dealing with it now and yeah to cut a long story short um just to cut a long story short I was sexually abused by my mom's husband so he's not my dad when I was a child and my mom always blamed me for ruining her marriage so me and her have always had a really difficult conversations we've had a difficult or as much as we've tried to or I've tried because I've always craved her attention and all of that stuff um she's always not been able to she's just not been able to work through even though she's not with him anymore mm-hmm. and, and she did support me when I was younger she hasn't she's she I she's she hasn't come to terms with it because even when we spoke because we we've been speaking on and off like over the past 30 years or so we've been on and off she and I I strongly believe that she hasn't been able to come to terms with what has happened because she even said to me like this has affected me too. Like this happened to me too. So even though she says this, because she doesn't, she can't bring herself to say the words even now. She says, Mm. this happened like to me too. So it's not just you. What she, she's not saying that she was abused as well. She's saying that the trauma of what I've been through, she, this happened to her too, because it was her, um, it was her life. It was her husband. It was her, thing you know so but rather than you know us being really weird with each other we could have probably used this as something that we both work together to be able to help mother other mothers and daughter relationships to get through this but she's on a different she's on a different journey to me like she's always been hard working and she's always been creative so I get that from her um but yeah, that's a whole nother story. I think for me, I I'm no longer like going over this stuff anymore. I'm so done. <laughs> I'm so done with it. And I recognise as well that I I had a aha moment, as how Oprah says, when on this um the Pashna 10-day silent retreat that I went to um, recently that I've just finished, where the guy basically said, he said, 
that if someone abuses you, they've abused you and done what they've done. But if you keep going over it and over it and over it and over it and over it, then you're now abusing yourself. You're, this, this is on you now. <laughs> and I was like, wow. Like, that spoke to me. That oh, was that that, to me. Was that like the message of like the title of your book? So with Chard, like, what did that mean? Did that have significance to that or? Yeah, so Chard came about because um, I wanted to call the book Scarred because I've been through a lot. So I, I say I'm scarred, you know, and my publisher, John, he said, no, no, Andrina, don't call it scarred, call it charred. And um, I said, no, John, <laughs> charred sounds like a piece of chicken on a barbecue that's been burnt. <laughs> like, I don't want books, <laughs> I don't want books to be that. So, um, but I'm not dismissive and I'm not like, you know, I don't say I'm right and it's my way or the highway. I said, all right, John, I'll look into it. I'll think about it. So I did think about it and I contacted a company that specializes in charred wood. They sent me this lovely, beautiful piece mm. of charred wood. <laughs> I looked at it, I examined it, I researched what charred, mm. the meaning mm. of charred. And it's basically mm. a metaphor for me, for my book, it's about resilience. It's mm. about going through so much stuff and still being beautiful, still being valid, still being strong, you know. So at the back of the book, it says this collection is called Charred. Think of a piece of wood that has been exposed to the flames. You may think of it as damaged. And it's true. It has been burnt and blackened, but it's still resilient and much stronger after going through this process. Think of me as a piece of charred wood. Mm. So I'm still here, isn't it? I'm 42. Yeah. <laughs> this happened like years and years ago. I was about, what, five years old. Till I was 10 and I'm 42 now so you know I can't I can't keep I I know that I can't keep in the past keep myself in the past mm -hmm. look too much in the future but I do want to to focus on the now and know that what I'm doing now is spreading that kindness and compassion message I'm on that sort of healed people heal people journey where I'm looking out for my own well-being but also helping others with their well-being and stuff like that so me being my fully authentic self means that I don't have to hide anymore because I only started talking about my my trauma and the abuse when I was 38 so mm. it was quite late that even with the me too movement and all that that was going on like years ago mm. I never added my voice to the conversation. I stayed silent about that because I wasn't ready to share my experience or speak on that. And I kept silent for a really long time. So now that I've broken the silence on that, I'm able to work through it. I'm on my healing journey and I'm here helping others and I'm here doing the best that I can with the resources I have. So I love that about you. Um, but I think you know, childhood trauma, yeah. <laughs> childhood trauma, like it's a particularly difficult wound, isn't it? Because at that age, you just don't know any different and your brain isn't evolved enough to have reasoning as to why these things happen. 
Um, but to see someone experience such depth of pain to arrive at where you are today, having, you know, turned this pain into power or the blessing that your partner calls it, to not become a person that continues to be in that pain state and hurt others, which can happen to a lot of children who've been abused, right? But to become this like light in the world, as I described to you, with this energy that is making an active difference in the world by sharing her story and not hiding parts of herself, but somehow managed to go from being that little girl to someone who fully stands in her authenticity. I embraces every aspect of her identity. Like I, I just think you're incredible. And I'm I'm sure there'll be people listening along where a lot of the stuff you talked about has resonated with them. And um yeah, I think having role models that we can look up to who aren't preaching perfection, uh talking about being real, being our whole selves the good, the bad, the ugly, but not judging ourselves for it. I think like that's a seriously powerful, compassionate place to be. So I salute you. You're one strong woman. <laughs> I salute you as well. Like <laughs> Even in our little chats and stuff, you've revealed some stuff about you. And I just think, wow, because that's the thing, isn't it, about sharing parts of who we are and stuff. Like You can't look at someone and know what they've been through. And all of us in, in society are going through something. Like, no one escapes. No. <laughs> no one escapes. Like, it's, but, yeah, it's like, you don't know what, what people have been through by, by, you know, just by looking at them. So it's a blessing when someone actually does feel confident enough or comfortable enough to share certain parts of their identity mm-hmm. with you. Because then, like, that's a privilege yes so yeah so there's loads <laughs> of uh women in your community that benefit from the support of each other just mm-hmm. with the the community that you've created like you know yeah no feeling safer to share people who we really are personal and professional transformations and I think it's encouraging to know that people have been through stuff and they're still keeping going you know because there's so many people who have experienced this level of trauma that are not here anymore they're not Mm. with us Mm -hmm. yeah that's the reason they're not here so we have to just keep shining that light and helping others so yeah thank you for acknowledging that I see you as well. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Um, so if, was, if if there was like one piece of advice or takeaway you'd like to leave our listeners with, how would you wrap this up? I would wrap this up by saying that we only have one life and it's important that we live our life to the best of our ability and acknowledge that everything is temporary, nothing's permanent and 
things come and go, but the you know the the person that you are has ripple effects throughout the world, and like like all of us within ourselves, we have so much power, and we all just by being ourself can really have positive impacts in society Mm -hmm. so I would encourage everyone to be on this kindness and compassion journey because it's very contagious yeah yeah it's very contagious it is people you give kindness and compassion not to receive anything in return but like you inspire <laughs> more people to be kind mm. and compassionate, but it all comes back anyway. Mm. Like, everybody benefits. Mm. Everyone benefits. Mm. So yeah, just be yourself and just yeah. Yeah. Know but, that like life is a blessing, in it? And we're just all trying to navigate it. It is, it is. And I think my my takeaway would be. I think that metaphor about choosing to be charred and not scarred by whatever's happened to you in the past, by letting those wounds become transformative in a way that you can become even more beautiful and not to look at those wounds as something to be ashamed of or like scars, battle scars. Yeah, even that that that's part of who you are and to summon the strength to turn that into something positive the way that you have um yeah I think that's what I'm going to take away from this I feel very inspired (laughs) that's really nice I've loved this conversation it's been really interesting I always love talking to you and we could go on probably all night couldn't we but um let's let's plan to have a, a part two maybe of this podcast next year and see what's yeah. changed since then and i'd love you to come back to the community to share more of your inspirational messages about lived experience and equality um but yeah not just during pride or black history month as you <laughs> yeah, <laughs> as i know that your busiest year times all year round yeah so where can take place all year round. all year round yeah so where can people get um more information about you or connect with you if they want to hear more about the services you provide LinkedIn a website yeah either <laughs> website which is www.andrina.co.uk that's a-n-d-r-e-e-n-a dot co.uk or LinkedIn Andrina Leanne I'm, I'm having a social media detox at the moment uh, so I'd say the website website yeah it's necessary sometimes isn't it just to switch all that stuff off but i will make sure we put links to that in the show notes under the podcast so that's it thank you so much for sharing yourself with us today thank you so much for having me you're welcome and thank you to everybody who's listened or watched along at home and we'll see you all next time bye for now take care bye thanks for listening to the inspiring women in cx podcast with me claire musket 
If you enjoyed the episode and you don't already, please, please, please do drop us a like and subscribe to our channel. The bigger the following, the bigger the impact we can create on our mission to amplify the voices of women working in CX and technology. Well, that's all for now. Join us again next time where I'll be talking to an awesome woman and speaker at last year's Women in CX Global Gathering Conference, Maria McCann, about gender roles in the workplace and whether CX frameworks are actually killing our ability to innovate. See you all very soon.